You are listening to Electric Bike Radio. Welcome to episode 30 of Electric Bike Radio, Idaho Stop. I'm Dwayne, and this is my co-host for the past 30 episodes, Jared. 30 episodes, sheesh. Well, <laughs> hey, Dwayne, good to see you again, then. Uh, so today we're going to talk about something we pulled from the headlines this week that we thought was kind of interesting. So Colorado just passed a law that basically lets bikes legally roll through stop signs when it's safe to do so. Yeah, and we, you and I both uh, talked about how interesting that was, and I didn't even realize uh, that this is kind of an older concept. Although it's in the news right now in Colorado, this idea of rolling stops for bikes has been around for a while. Uh, it actually originated in Idaho and has kind of gathered the name the Idaho Stop, <laughs> which is kind of a cool name. Yeah, I love that name. Uh, much cooler than the alternative uh, name we saw somewhere when researching this, which was the Delaware Yield. Yeah. Well, those are the two jurisdictions that that started this this idea. It actually started in Idaho back in 1982 which uh, uh, just amazes me. They had done sort of like this big revamp of their traffic code and they incorporated this. And then nobody else picked up on this idea until 2017 when Delaware did. And then uh, a few states have fallen in line. Actually, nine states have some version of this rolling stop uh, law. So uh, why don't we talk about what, what the law does? So what this law does in Colorado, it says that anyone who uses what they term a low-speed conveyance, which includes bikes, electric bicycles, electric scooters, skateboards, wheelchairs, stuff like that, they can treat stoplights as stop signs and stop signs as yield signs when they have the right of way. So that means if they come upon a stop sign and they can look both ways and make sure it's safe, they can kind of just roll through it in a safe manner. And if they come on a stoplight, they have to stop but they don't have to wait till the light turns green again if the coast is clear. They can roll through. Yeah, and it is two different concepts, I guess, because when we're talking about the nine states, I guess all nine states do the what they call stop as yield, where you can treat a stop sign as a yield sign. But only some of those nine states go the next step, which is treating a red light as a stop sign. So the, the two concepts are kind of treated a little bit differently, which which makes sense, I think. I think so, too. I mean, if you're coming up on a red light or a green light, even worse, if you're coming up on a green light, you're not planning on stopping for anybody if you're in a car. So to have people actually be forced to stop on their bicycles is is a good thing. But we don't have anything like this in Florida. And obviously, if nine states have passed, that means 41 have not uh, done this. What do, you, <laughs> yeah. what do you think about it, Dwayne? Do you think it's a good idea? Do you think it's... Maybe not. Maybe yeah. there's some more worry about it. Abuse. I don't know. You and I have not talked about this yet, so I'm not sure if we have the same feelings or not. But I will tell you, I have mixed feelings about it. I will tell you one thing that I really like about it is that this is how, in my experience, bikes already behave. Mm -hmm. um, this is the way bikers generally ride. So I do like the idea of changing the law to to fit what people are actually doing, mm -hmm. right, um, and to set motorist expectations realistically that, that this is how bike riders tend to ride. So I do like that aspect of it because it seems to be sort of making the law fit the reality. Mm -hmm. I do think it's interesting and makes sense that it puts the 
onus of safety on the bike rider. <laughs> right. You know, the, the bike rider is the one who is essentially, you know, it's, well, it's not breaking the law, but breaking what would have been the law. And it's certainly the one who is the most uh, vulnerable. So it does make sense that it kind of puts that responsibility on the bike rider. So I, I, I like that part of it, too. I think that makes sense. I mostly agree with you. I, I like the law as it is, I think. But playing devil's advocate, I think there's – I have some concern about abuse of it. I have some concern that bikes that are cruising down at high speed on a trail and, and come up on a stop sign, I have a feeling they may not be using it as a yield. They may be using it as a full speed, just a green light go ahead. You know, I guess it's like anything else, right? The law requires the, the people to you know, obey – at least the spirit of the law <laughs> in addition mm-hmm. to the letter of the law. And certainly it does put the responsibility on, on bicyclists to, to be safe about that. Yeah. It's funny the the surveys seem to indicate now we, I haven't done extensive research on this, but looking at some of the stories that have been written about this, that uh, it doesn't seem to be an increase in bicycle accidents in the jurisdictions where they impose these laws. Now, Again, you can always nitpick the methodology of of these sorts of studies and stuff, but at least the people who are proponents are saying that it's actually – that it's not less safe uh, and that it's actually safer to some degree because it gets uh, the bicyclists sort of out of the traffic lanes and out of the intersections and – I understand that as a bicyclist. I hate being sitting in a traffic lane at an intersection and the roadway. A lot of times I'll go up onto the sidewalk just to be in the crosswalk because that does feel like where you're almost your most vulnerable is sitting at these intersections waiting for a light to turn. And you know, Dwayne, I read some of the same things when I was looking through the law and um, just Googling some things. I saw that there were some studies that said this didn't change uh bike accidents in any significant way. I saw other ones that said it was that bike accidents were reduced. I didn't see anything that said it increased bike accidents. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my perception of that, I'm guessing it's really because it does change driver expectation to match reality. There's no sense of a, an automobile driver thinking I'm on the road. I don't have to worry about bikes going through here because, because they're not allowed to. Um, even though the reality is that a lot of bikes do uh, do, the, do this kind of activity anyways. It's just the way most people seem to ride. So if you change the law to say, this is what bikes can do, they're going to be rolling through the road on occasion. Maybe that's changing drivers looking out for bikes at those intersections where bikes travel through a little bit more frequently. I think a big part of this is going to have to be education. And any any jurisdiction that enacts this, they're going to have to educate you know everybody. Uh, about this i i will tell you the one one thing that i i am a little bit concerned about and and you're right maybe maybe it doesn't matter because this happens anyway but uh especially as it relates to intersections i wonder if this increases the unpredictability you know of what bikes are going to do at an intersection and being unpredictable is never good right and we know from defensive driving and that sort of thing um, it does at least open the possibility that, you know, bikes are going to be crossing against the light and that sort of thing. And I, I don't know if I love that part. I, I think that I am more uh, convinced that the law works with relation to the stop signs than it does with the traffic signals. But 
I don't know. I guess it's something that without having experienced it, it's hard to know for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I'll just admit, I, I, whatever, because nobody was there. I, I do these things. And like when I'm coming up on a stop, what a good example is a Pinellas trail. Actually, there are several stop signs on the trail um, at roads that very few cars pass through. And you, one of the great things about the trail is you have a great line of sight while you're riding on the trail to see both sides of the road way in advance. So long as you slow down to an appropriate speed, you have plenty of time to look, plenty of time to look both ways, two or three times in my case, uh, before going through at like five miles an hour, right? You slow down a lot. You don't just blow through it, but there's plenty of time to do that safely. And my experience on that trail is that most people treat it that way. And I think in those kind of residential areas, this, this idea is great. Um, same thing with lights in, in residential areas or low traffic streets, I suppose is the better way of saying it. If you pull up to a light and it's a red signal and there's nobody at this four-way intersection for miles, then what's the harm in crossing? Uh, except that technically it's illegal. Obviously, that's the harm. But if it wasn't illegal, what's really the harm? I, I don't know that there is one. That said, my riding style changes significantly when I'm riding through downtown Tampa. When I'm in downtown Tampa, I'm following everything strictly. I, If I'm at a stoplight, I'm at a stoplight. I don't care if nobody else is coming because you never know how many cars are coming through at any given time. Same thing with stop signs. I'm I'm going to stop and I'll, I'll wait. And that's fine. And, and I treat that differently. But this could have a pretty big, I think, beneficial impact um, on rural areas or lower traffic streets or where there's a lot of, a lot of bikes like you know, Dunedin and Safety Harbor where we have all these, these great multi-use paths. I think it'll help quite a bit there. But you, you pointed out you know, driver education is going to be a big thing. And we already know as e-bike riders, I think all of us e-bike riders know that there is a lot of lack of education in the public about what e-bikes are allowed to do and not allowed to do. And these laws aren't necessarily, they aren't strictly about e-bikes, they're about all sorts of things. But it's, we're going to face the same problems with driver education with that towards bikes and rolling vehicle, rolling non-motor vehicles as we do currently with e-bikes. I don't know. Do you think that's a problem? You know, I do think that it's probably something that people can be educated and be familiarized on over time. I do think that it could sort of lend itself to this. There seems like there's already some sort of uh, animosity sometimes between people who are driving and people who are on bicycles. And I mm -hmm. wonder if this will make it worse <laughs> for, for drivers feeling like, oh, now these guys on bikes, they fly around and now they have this law that they don't have to stop and they're better than me. And, you know, I do worry about that a little bit as to whether, you know, the, the education process will just further alienate people who are driving <laughs> from the people who are right. on the bikes. But I guess the last thing I want to talk about is, you know, why does this matter? Like, why is this good for bicyclists? And I guess that, and, and e-bikers, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I came up with a couple things. And one is, I think, of course, nobody wants to stop, especially if you're on a manual bike, right? The the energy required to stop and then start again is, is not ideal. And if we're right. encouraging people to ride bikes for environmental reasons and commute and that sort of thing, I think it's helpful to get people, you know, riding more efficiently. But I also think, Jared, that the, you know, bikes and especially heavy e-bikes, they're at their least controllable and they're mm -hmm. most unstable when they're stopped 
or going very slow. I think of all the people we know, right? Every every, yeah. every accident we know of, almost uh, with every group we've been with, it's almost always at a stop sign. It's always where people yeah, are slowing people down and just coming to a stop, right, or taking off, right, right. Yeah. So I do think that is there is actually a safety factor for the bicyclist. The fact that if they can come to you know a rolling stop when it's appropriate to do so rather than stop and take off again. I do think there is a safety factor there. So I, I think it's more than just the convenience of bicyclists. I do think there's something to the safety there too. I agree. I, I completely agree. Every accident we see, almost every accident we see is somebody just, you know, you, you, you see it in groups all the time, but somebody starts to tip over because they didn't stop just quite the right way. And then they take out two or three other people in the process. It's just like dominoes <laughs> falling. Um, and, and that's, that's sometimes that's funny, right? And, but but sometimes it's also like, oh my god, are you hurt? Um, and and one of the great things about e-bikes is it lets so many people who may not be physically capable of riding a regular bike get on a bike. Um, but those are also the people who are most likely to get hurt in a in a fall at a stop sign. Whereas I might be okay. Then again, I might not. I broke my leg on a scooter last year, so I can't say anything. But up until then, I thought I might be okay. Um, but if if you're if you're elderly or otherwise more apt to being injured, that's an easy way to get injured is is falling sideways at a stop sign. Well, I guess we would be curious to know what the listeners think. Um, certainly, where we live, I'm not sure if there's any any push for this at this point. But I mean, I guess you never know in the future. Um, we'd be curious to hear what other people think about the the Idaho stop or. We don't really like Delaware. You no, right? but but our, for to our Delaware so, listeners, we're sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry about that. So we'll, we'll call it the Idaho stop, and plus, it makes me want French fries. <laughs> it kind of does, but I'm sorry <laughs> to our Idaho listeners. I'm sorry. <laughs> so we hope that you will uh, follow the show. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. You can look for our feed just about anywhere that you get streaming audio content whether it's Apple or Google Podcasts or uh, Stitcher or iHeartRadio, anywhere that you get streaming audio, we are there. You can also check out our show and our show notes every week available on our website, www. What is our web web address again? What Dwayne just said, plus (laughs) ebikeradio.com. And one other thing, and this is just because of what we do in our day lives versus our, our our fun podcasting days. Nothing on this show, even though we're talking about laws, is legal advice. You should always check out the laws in your locale and make sure you're following what they require where you are um, because we don't know. Uh, so just make sure you're doing what you should be required. We're definitely advocates for for following the law, but uh, sometimes it's fun to talk about what the law could be or what the law should be. And I think I would like the Idaho stop at Florida, but this is the first time I heard of it. So... Maybe we uh maybe we start a movement. Well, weird stuff always comes to Florida, so maybe it's, maybe it's in the cards. <laughs> or maybe us. it's just not that weird, and we're the weirdos. Who knows? <laughs> right. All right. Well, thank you all for listening, and join us next time for Electric Bike Radio. Yeah.